It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome in, live from the legendary Slippery Noodle. My man Cappy is going to jump on here in a second. I'm going to talk to him about something. Uh, but we got to get you updated on all the Colts chatter going on. Week 13 of the NFL. you got the Colts on the road at Houston coming up on Sunday. And this is Colts Happy Hour to get you up to date on the latest. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment count. Your truth or trash question to start the show. Mo Alley Cox tied in. Three or more targets on Sunday. Truth or trash. I'll be honest with you. Mo, like the uh, two out of the last three times the football's been thrown to him, I don't know if he's known where the ball was. <laughs> Anybody else, right? I mean, there was, uh, looks like to be a, a route that was run inaccurately a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, it looked like that there was a window glare that he struggled with when the ball was in flight last weekend. So I, two out of the last three times or so, it kind of seems that Mo has had a struggle while the ball has been uh, in the air. But anyway, three or more targets for Mo coming up on Sunday against the Texans at JMV 1070. That is truth or trash. Meantime, as we start, always head coach, Frank Wright joins the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, in preparation for the Week 13 matchup. Matt? All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report with Frank Reich. And, Coach, last week, obviously a tough loss, an emotional game to the Buccaneers. How have you seen the team refocus this week and, and bounce back with energy heading into a really important division game before you hit the bye? Really seen it in meetings on the practice field, just dialed in, knowing we have a, an important road division game, um, AFC game. You know, for us to get where we want to go, these AFC games carry double importance. It's a division game that you know carries double importance. So guys have been locked in. You know, I want to go back to last week real quick on this. I know you were able to meet Lenny Moore last week, the great Hall of Fame Baltimore Colt running back. He was honored by the Colts last Sunday. He met with Jonathan Taylor as well before the game. What was it like having one of the great Colts of all time around the team last week before that game? That was really special. Um, you know, I, I remember those days. And um, for me, it was even more special because Lenny Moore played with my dad at Penn State. So um, that meant a lot to me. Um, But it's really here's a guy who was just a fantastic player. And of course, I get to I've gotten to hear stories about him, you know, my whole life Mm -hmm. and understand what kind of a great person he is as well. Absolutely. Really, really cool moment right there. But but going back to the game at hand, you know, the five turnovers last week, that was really uncharacteristic of your team and. Really, it was only four turnovers because wipe out the Hail Mary pick there at the end. But I know turnovers were really frustrating last week in the loss. What makes you think that last Sunday was an aberration in terms of the turnovers and this offense can go back to taking care of the ball like it has pretty much all season long? I mean, just for that reason, Matt, I mean, because we've been good at it all year. This has been the one the one game where it just got away from us. And, um, you know, we were really from the second quarter on felt like they had no answers as far as Tampa. We were moving the ball pretty mm-hmm. much at will, um, but the only thing was those turnovers. So we, we got to take care of the football, 
and, um, you know, and continue to execute at a high level. All right, you played the Texans back in week number six. That feels like forever ago. You won the game 31-3, to but they're a little bit different now. Uh, they've got David Johnson and Rex Burkhead as their focus in the running game. Tyrod Taylor's now at quarterback. They've shuffled some players around on their offensive line. How do those changes make for a different challenge compared to the first meeting? Yeah, no, they are a different team. You know, they've just gotten better. Um, they've beaten some good teams. Uh, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback is a that's a big switch. Um, he's an accomplished veteran who's won his share of games. Mm-hmm. You know he he's really dangerous out of the pocket, and he's really a good deep ball thrower. And you know and as you mentioned, the two running backs are both good players. And then Brandon Cooks to get the ball deep too. So um, really good test force. And then their defense, they're playing some good football, too, coming into this game. They've allowed only 17 points on average in the last three. Um, they forced 11 turnovers in that span. I think that's the most in the NFL. What subtle differences do you see in the Texans' defense compared to that first go-round? Lovey Smith's first year as their coordinator. I just think, listen, this guy's one of the top-notch coordinators in, in the league. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of years of experience, and it's a question, I think, of him getting his guys adjusted to the system and the scheme and all the nuances, um, you know, of it. So they're very disciplined. They're very good at taking the ball away. Uh, they got they got some really talented pass rushers up front. So this will be a good test for us. You know, Coach, it's always fun. I mean, it's, it's no secret. T.Y. Hilton, he loves to play the Texans, specifically down there. He's averaging over 100 yards per game in 10 career games at NRG Stadium. But just how much do you appreciate what T.Y. is doing this year? He's fought through a lot of injuries, and he's being the mentor to the young cast of receivers around him. And obviously, every time he's available, he brings everything that he has. And you can just always rely on what T.Y. Hilton brings to the table every single Sunday. There's no doubt. It's fun to see him, you know, kind of even getting productive again out on the field, you know, coming back from his injury and he and Carson starting to connect. But I'm really glad you brought up what you did. It's what he's doing, you know, from a leadership role as well. That's equally important, how he's mentoring those young receivers you know, really being a leader for them. But then not just that, really, our, and not even just our offense, but our whole team. Everybody responds to T.Y. Um, he's got this special fire and competitive mm-hmm. spirit about him that we all feed off of. So, you know, he's our captain of the week this week. He'll represent us, you know, down there. And, and I know all the guys are going to want to have his back and put on a good showing for him. And speaking of young receivers, Ashton Doolin, uh, I know we talked about him on Monday. He made a sensational play on that touchdown against Tampa Bay, but he's leading the NFL in special teams tackles and then making plays on offense. Has your trust in him, has that grown over the course of the season? Yeah, I've been in Ashton's corner. A lot of us have been um, for a little bit now. Mm -hmm. Just thinking this guy has a lot of upside as a receiver. As a special teams player, he's always been great. Um, And I think what's helped, Matt, is that Carson really connected with Ashton early. Um, you know, really early, I would say even the little bit in training camp that Carson practiced, and then once Carson started practicing a little bit, just watching Ashton, he's got a lot of confidence in him. That's a big deal. You know, you got to have the quarterback's confidence, and Ashton's done a good mm-hmm. job of winning that over from Carson. All right, it's the last game before the bye. It's been a grueling stretch of 13 straight games. I mean, really no significant time off since the team reported in late July for training camp, Coach. What's your message to the team this week to avoid a letdown before a week off and also knowing, again, the margin for error with five games to go, it's pretty small. 
That's exactly what the message was, Matt. I mean, that the margin of error over five games is it's very small. And, you know, this is a division road game. I mean, so essentially there's no margin of error on this game. You know, we know we're playing a good team. When you play a division team, all records, you know, they're two and nine, our, our, we're six and six, throw those records out. We got to go take care of business. We got to play our style of football. We got to play together. We know we're playing a good team that we respect. So we just want to go out and execute for 60 minutes. All right. And then also what's what's fun about this game and unique about the game on Sunday, uh, it is the, the My Cause, My Cleats game. Guys are wearing special cleats to highlight the charity work that they're involved with, um, you know, those special initiatives that are close to their heart. And obviously you have a, a great initiative that's close to your heart as well. Um, not necessarily cleats for you, but I know you're going to be highlighting the great work that you're doing with uh, with the Not Today Foundation. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Thanks for mentioning, Matt. I mean, I'll be wearing Not Today shoes. That's the, our family foundation, mm-hmm. and we're really trying to protect the beauty and innocence of childhood, really protecting children from sexual abuse, exploitation, and trafficking. And I'm really proud of our guys, you know, how everybody's picked out their cause, and, you know, it, it really just shows um, how important, you know, some of these off-the-field issues are, and guys are really trying to give back. Each one of us are trying to give back in ways that we can that can help that can help people in need. Indeed. All right, Coach. Lastly, closing out, uh, just a few keys to this game as you see it for the Colts to come out on top in Houston in week number 13. Well, first, as you alluded to it earlier, Matt, you know, we got to get the turnover ratio thing back in our favor like we've been doing all year long. So that's going to be a big deal. You know, secondly, we uh, old school football right here. we got to run and stop the run. You know, I really believe that you know, Houston's mindset is going to be to run the ball on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and we, and you know, we want to run the ball. So uh, sure, we're going to mix it up. We're going to take our shots down the field, so on and so forth. But at the heart and soul of who we are is we want to run it. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to have to be good in, in both of those areas. And then, you know, really on the special teams front, I've really been pleased with how we've been playing, the consistency in which we've been playing and how disciplined and aggressive. So, um, you know, it's later in the year. Sometimes you get some crazy things on special teams play. So we got to play with great awareness so that if Houston tries anything crazy against us, that we can snuff it out. Indeed. That's Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts on the head coach's report before the Colts battle the Texans in Houston. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and the conversation and good luck. Thanks, Matt. Hey, it's uh, Frank Reich right there, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. This is Colts Happy Hour. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan, of course. Got Matt Taylor, Jack Doyle coming up here in just a little bit with a conversation from Jack, who made some plays this past Sunday, that loss at home against Tampa Bay. And on the road, you got a lot of must-have right now, and that uh, certainly in Houston is a must-have coming up on Sunday. Me, 10 a.m., we'll get you set on the Colts pregame huddle. Noon, Matt and Rick and Lara countdown to kickoff, and that uh, kick is coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday with the Colts and the Texans. Since we're live with the legendary Slippery Noodle, Bud Light Blue Friday, where we're going to start giving away tickets for the Patriots-Colts game. That's two weeks from Saturday, so two weeks from tomorrow night at Lucas Oil Stadium. We have four pair to give away. We'll start that coming up on the other side. Jack Doyle, Rick Venturi, and a lot more. And remember, you got Pacer pregame, 6.30. Pacer pregame for the 7P tip. The Heat without Bam, the Heat without Jimmy Butler, the Pacers without T.J. McConnell. It's game two of a six-game Pacers homestand. Heat and the Pacers tip tonight at 7 o'clock. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. This is Colts Happy Hour. Shout out there to my man, Sean Matthews, who does all the great work for me with a lot of shows, including uh, the JMV Takeover, which is on Christmas Music Hiatus right now. This is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. It is Pacer pregame again coming up at 6.30 tonight. That's 7P tip versus the Miami Heat coming your way right here. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, download the app today and make every moment more. We got that and a lot more, including Rick Venturi coming up. But in the offense in a big way this past Sunday was the local guy, a tight end, Jack Doyle, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, has a sit-down with the Colts tight end about last weekend and what to expect moving forward. Matt? All right, thank you, JMV. Indeed, we are joined by Colts tight end Jack Doyle, fresh off a big game against the Bucks last Sunday. He's on the line with us now. Jack, thanks for the time, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. So before we look ahead to the Texans, unfortunately, I don't want to take you back too much, but when you have a loss like Sunday, right, you always hear about the 24-hour rule. Jack, how tough is it to overcome a loss like that when you have to flush that game out of your system pretty quickly onto the next one? Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Um, obviously, we, we, we wanted that one. Um, but, you know, it, it, it gives you an extra boost coming in here um, um, and, and getting ready for the Texans, and obviously it Gives you another boost being a division game. You know those are always tough ones, and mm-hmm. you got to bring your A game. Um, so we're excited for the challenge this next week. And you're a pro's pro, Jack. This is year number nine for you. How have you improved in that regard when it comes to compartmentalizing the big wins and getting over the tough losses? Yeah, you just – I've come to realize just how long of a season it is. And you, you, you know, Coach always says it, you know, throughout the season, throughout a game even, you can't ride the ebbs and flows of the season. It would just tear you apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you, no matter win, lose, or draw, or you had a good game or a bad game or a good play or a bad play, you got to just move on to the next play and put everything you can into the, the details of, of trying to make that the best game you've ever played, make that the best play you've ever played. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just you just keep moving on and, and doing one step at a time. That's so well said. When did you learn that? At, at what point in your career did you start to be a little bit more – stable in terms of the mental mindset throughout a 16 17 game regular season schedule yeah I think you try it you know you hear it early on and you try um to do it and you do it in spurts you know and and, and I you know I don't know if I could put an exact pinpoint on sure. it um but you just try to keep you know improving at it every year I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it now you know and yeah. and, and you just keep trying to improve at it and 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 focus on, you know, one step, one detail at a time. And, and all, all that really matters is the next thing you got to do. Mm-hmm. And all that really matters in my week right now is knocking out this interview with you, and then I'm going to go <laughs> eat lunch. You know, that, that's all that matters right at this time. Um, so you just try to take it one step at a time. And, and, and you know, I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm being the best me when, I, when I'm doing that. Well, we appreciate the time there from Jack Doyle before lunchtime here. <laughs> Colts tied in is with us. And, <laughs> I know this is a loaded question, especially right before lunch, Jack, but but three losses against good teams when you've been up by double figures. Can you pinpoint why it's been tough to close those games out and, and what you can identify as improvement areas down the stretch here? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think each game has been different. Um, I don't think you could pinpoint to one thing and just say, oh, that's it, you know, let's fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, each game's been different in its own way. Um but it really just comes back down to, you know, you, you got to, you know, 
you got to finish good teams off. Like they're good, te- like you said, against good teams. They're good teams for a reason. Um, and, and you know, we just, we just got to you know take it one play at a time. You know, not looking in the past, not looking mm-hmm. in the future. Just 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 all we got to do is pour everything into each play. Um, and, and and I think we will do that. I think we'll continue to get better at that um, because that's that's the that's the the process that Frank does mm-hmm. such a good job of putting us through is, is getting better as the season goes on. And that, that's what you want to be doing. You don't want to be hitting your peak in, right. you know, in late October. You want to hit your peak in, in December and January. So so that, that, that's our goal, and, and that's what we're, we're hoping to do. That's Jack Doyle. Colts tied in with us. He's coming off a big game, 81 yards receiving against Tampa Bay. Jack, what went into your big game? What was it about the Tampa defense that allowed you specifically to capitalize on them? Yeah, I don't know. I, I we do such a good job as an offense of of, of spreading the ball around, and, and Carson does such a good job of that. And we, we've done a good job of that since Frank got here, um, and, and trusting a lot of different guys. So it's kind of a week by week thing. I feel like you know, and you just you try to be in the right spots, um, you know, and 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 be in the right spots for Carson, and and um, you know the the ball just happened to find me a, a few more times this week, and uh, you just never know how it's going to go going into the game. Um, um, but, but but that's just how it went. Yeah, so, you but know, that's just. But you've been targeted seventeen times in the last three games, Jack. I know you're a big diva, right? I mean, so you're going to Carson Wentz and you're saying, <laughs> "Throw me the ball, bro. I'm tired of this." <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, yeah, it really is just like it, you just try to be in the right spots, and the ball comes. Mm-hmm. Some, you you try and catch it. You know, that's 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 the motto I try to take, and. Um, and um, that's just the way, like I said, that's just the way this offense is set up because we have such good players, yeah. um, you know, in the tight end room. We have such good players at wide receiver that the ball gets spread around and it keeps defense on their heels, you know. Um, they're not just trying to take away one guy. Um, so, so I think it helps us and makes us a better offense. No doubt about that. Jack Doyle with us. He's not the diva, by the way. He is one of the better locker room guys the Colts have. And speaking of that, you're always one of the best blocking tight ends in the game every year, Jack. How rewarding is it for you to block for a guy like Jonathan Taylor? What is that like blocking for him and then seeing that number 28 zip past you down the field? Oh, it's, it's not a better feeling, you know, <laughs> to, to have – to, to, to make a block and you feel the guy, you know, obviously it's Jonathan a lot, <laughs> the guy go by you and, and, and knowing your block helps him, you know, yeah. get some more yards. That, that's, that's football in a nutshell to me. That's what it's all about. Um, and Jonathan's so great at being just a team guy mm-hmm. and like, and just wanting to be a part of it, just wanting to help in any way he can. And he's so freaking good. that It just like, it, it, he, he, he's, he sometimes feels like he's not real because he's so right. good and the way he carries himself and the character he has is something that, you know, this city is lucky to have, you know, the NFL is lucky to have. Um, you know, I, you can't say enough good things about Jonathan. He, he truly is. He <laughs> truly is one of a kind. No, there's. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, we all thought – I mean, I, I'm interested from your perspective last year as a rookie coming in, Jack. I, I'm sure you thought he would be good. But did you think he would be this good in year number two for him? You know, initially, you know, he kind of got – obviously he got thrown in, you know, probably earlier than, than you know, the Colts wanted to throw him in with Marlin going down week right. one last year um, with the Achilles. But, you know, he – you know, he and, and then it was like, oh, you know, he, he wasn't – you know, people didn't think he was playing really good. But, the, you know, the guy had no no preseason games. Exactly. You know, had yep. no offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, it – 
and we just expect him. Oh, go out there and you know, they go do it for all this. And yeah. then he got going as a year, as a you know, as everybody. You get more reps. That's the only way to get better. And he he put the work in, the time in. You know, you know, he's always out there catching extra passes and, and, and expanding his game that way. Right. Um. You know, he, he and then you don't, you saw him in that groove. And then once he's gotten that groove, um. Yeah. You know, I I would say yeah. This year I expected him to to. to you know, maybe not be like he is, you know, but <laughs> but you expect a big you expect a big things out of him just because of the way he works and what he the you know the attention to detail he puts in, and then obviously just his ability, um, and, and you expect his good things, and uh, and he's proven he's proven that, and, you know, and, and going above um, expectations. No doubt about that. Jack Doyle, right there, Colts tight end with us, and Jack. Obviously, every season it's a grind, but. How grueling of a season has this been for you? 13 straight games without a week off, and really it's been longer than that when you factor in training camp. You guys reported to camp in late July, and you really haven't had an extended period of time off since then. How are you holding up physically right now? <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> it's, uh, it obviously is tough um, to, to do the, you know, the 13 in a row and, and with the extra game. Um, you know, the bye weeks are – the bye week's funny. Like, obviously – you you want a, a late buy? I think it's going to help us. And but you always just like, I feel like the bye week, it comes for each guy. Each guy wants it at different times, and it's basically when you're banged up throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You know that's when you want it. You know when your team's banged up the most, you want the bye week. Um, so you never know how that's going to go through a season. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be nice to have this late. And you know, obviously, got to take care take care of business this week, and then going in and and, and seeing what our final stretch is is, is about. We got four to go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And, and hopefully we can we can you know get a win this week and, and, and keep some momentum rolling um, uh, into it. Jack Doyle right there with Matt Taylor. Colts happy hours on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fam. All right, coming up on the other side, truly educated with the former NFL coach and radio analyst Rick Venturi. He and Matt go deep dive into matchup number two on the season. Hey, first time out, it was all Colts all the time. And it should be that way again on Sunday. Will it be? Why should it? And some of the trouble areas that we may look for coming up on Sunday. Rick Venturi will tell you all about that. He and Matt will join you coming up. We're live with the legendary Slippery Noodle on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Another pair of tickets we shall give away to you for the Patriots and the Colts. That is two weeks from tomorrow night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Thanks to Zinc. And Bud Light, we'll do that coming up next, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Oh, thank you guys for joining us on this Friday night and what is going to be a incredible sports pack weekend here locally. i, I got to give a shout-out to it. I mentioned this. you got the Colts coming up in Houston on Sunday. you got the Pacers coming up here tonight. That tip is at 7 o'clock over at Cambridge Fieldhouse against the Heat. But we just exited the high school football season and crowned champions this time last week on a Friday and Saturday. And now we're going to be fully engulfed into the high school basketball season. Girls fully underway. The guys are underway as well. And Hey, your Friday night is going to be packed. I'm assuming a lot of you are probably out and about going to a high school basketball game. If so, absolutely enjoy. I do want to give you this reminder, too. We've got the Colts pregame huddle coming at you. That's 10 a.m. Me and Bill Brooks and the Gorman coming up on Sunday morning in preparation for that Week 13 game 
with the Texans and the Colts down in Houston. So 10 a.m. coming up on Sunday morning. And, you know, we got a lot of Michigan, a lot of Iowa fans here in town. The Big Ten title game is coming at you. That's coming at you tomorrow evening. And if you're out and about downtown, have some fun because both fan bases so far are well represented. Uh, Meantime, we go to it with that conversation we love, a great breakdown of the matchup with the Texans on Sunday. Former NFL coach, current radio analyst Rick Venturi, and our friend, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, converse about the Texans and the Colts coming up on Sunday. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. Let's roll out some inside football with Rick Venturi. And, Rick, we're going to dive into the blueprints and find out how the Colts win this game. Let's talk about the Texans on offense. Got it by Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. The Texans are dead last in the NFL in scoring, putting up less than 15 points per game. They've been held to under 14 points six games this season, including only three against the Colts way back in week number six. Rick, they are 32nd in rushing 31st in passing. Um, They have the second most punts in the NFL because they go three and out almost 30% of the time on offense, which is the highest rate in the NFL. Um, Skill-wise, Brandon Cooks at receiver. He's having a really nice year. But other than that, not too many playmakers on that offensive unit. It's hard to see the Texans consistently moving the ball on the Colts in this game, Rick, despite the fact that they do have Taylor at quarterback now. No, I, I think you're right, but I think what you you've got to you've got to instill in your defense, okay, is that there's a big difference in the five games Tyrod Taylor plays and the rest of those games. Agreed. There's a huge yeah. difference. I mean, like I said, in four of the five games, and I'm only bringing this up because I believe when you coach your team and you approach your team in a game like this, you have to approach it and you have to show your team how this team can be at their best, not at their worst. If they're at their worst, it's not going to be an issue. But you've got to show them how they have upset people. Mm-hmm. And with him at quarterback, they're 2-3. and three. They were 2-2 two and two going into last week, you know, as opposed to as bad as, as it looks. He had a 75.3 QBR against the Titans just two weeks ago. Now, that's a humongously high QBR. I gave you all his stats before. And in four of the five that he's quarterback, they've scored 22-plus. So the, the stat is a little bit distorted right. if you think about Taylor. I just have a lot of respect for that kid. I just think that kid's really good, and he, you know, he gives you problems. They run the NCAA stuff with him that they did with Mills. You know, that is zone reads, zone keeps, uh, naked bootlegs, option plays, uh, sprint out passes. I mean, you know, they can get on the edge, and that's been our Waterloo. We, I didn't even talk about that in my rant earlier, but we have a terrible time on the edge, and this guy's another edge type of guy. Uh, you know, they got a couple decent running backs and obviously one good receiver. I think the, the most important thing, here's, here's the key must, and the big, the big three are the first three, okay? First of all, you have to stop the runners cold, okay? You can't let them get any daylight. And what you really got to do is you really have to know both Eberfluss and the team which running backs in the game. Because when Burkhead number 28 is in the game, they're going to run right at you. They're going to run tackle to tackle. He's a reckless thruster that will, will take it north and south. He's had good moments in this league. Throw out his yards per carry with this offensive line. Just look at him, what he has done at times in the past, and we have to be very good. You've got to play him from inside out. 
With Johnson, just the opposite. Johnson is a finesse back. David Johnson, he's there also their pass back on third down. Uh, he, he may be best, actually, Matt, when they split him out. He's one of those backs that can split outside the formation and actually run some routes. And to me, that's when I've seen him at his best. You know, I, I've seen him turn down blitzers. I, he's disgusting at times. And I'll get into that with the, with the, with the rush plan because, you know, they, they, their backs don't do a very good job on blitz, blitz pickup. But number one, stop them cold, okay? If you stop the run, if you stop the run, in the, in, and I'll get into the other, in the edge on Taylor, now you're going to make the worst offensive line, and I'm, I'm not backing off that in football. You know, Tunsil isn't playing. You know, they've had to, they've had to move guys out. Uh, you know, they had to move Howard out to tackle. They are desperate, and they are bad. And you, what you want to do is you want to take away that running game and that edge, and you want to make them throw all day and protect Number two, you got to control Taylor both as a passer and a runner. Again, think of him as a poor man's Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. He can run all those college plays, so you have to have the answer. We've been pretty good at that against those running quarterbacks. We've actually been pretty good, including Jackson. I mean, we've done a good job. And then, you know, control his scramble ability. I mean, he had a couple touchdowns last week. He, Again, he's had 19 rushing touchdowns, so this kid can get it in the end zone himself. Again, take away that edge game, all that NCAA stuff, and then get after him. You know, he does play short at times. They list him at six one. I've never thought he was quite that. He gets a lot of bat, you know, batted passes, and trust me, he's under siege with this quarterback. But you know, understand this is a very, very good athlete who's not awed by Sunday. This guy's played a million starts. And then, you know, at the end of the day, and, and I always talk about this, and it's one of my criticisms, you know, I think you always have to have a plan for their best guy, their top guy, and that's Cooks. I mean, and particularly with Amendola, I just saw that he's out for a month. They were kind of getting him back into the game at the slot. They're going to move Cooks all over. I mean, he's got 62 catches, three TDs, 704. He's not a speed merchant, but he is really a classic route runner. He did get over the top last week. You know, he can play outside. He can play inside. And with Amendola out, I mean, he's going to have even more burden on him because he's not surrounded with other guys. So in the end, you have to have a plan for him. And that doesn't mean that I don't – I'm not saying that you double him every down. But when you get to crunch time – you, he certainly can't. If you if you're tight in the fourth quarter, don't let him beat him. Just like when you play the Bucks, don't let Gronkowski free. I mean, I'm not going to double him every down, but don't give him free access into the into your day all day long. I mean, that's just it's all, it borders on being disgraceful. Yeah. We have to kill their offensive line in protection. They've moved Howard, who's a decent guard, to left tackle now without Tunsil. They've been through three guys, and he struggles. Heck is a backup, so you're really playing with two backups on the edge. Their interior is awful. Taylor now has been inserted to left tackle. I have no idea where he's from. I'd have to look up the Reader's Digest to find him. <laughs> Morrissey at center. McCray at the, at the right guard. That is the worst inside trio in a decade. Okay, so, you know, you've got to be able to get ahead, set the edge, and just attack those guys. Just get three on three and get after them. 
The other thing is they cannot handle stunts or blitzes. If you get up and sugar and you give them double sinks or looks that look like inside overloads, they will turn down and that kid gets hit off the edge constantly. So, you know, this is a game, overload that inside, bring it up in there, set the edge, and then occasionally overload and blitz your safeties and nickels off the edge and it'll be a crucifixion. So those <laughs> those are the key things you have to do on defense. The Reader's Digest. I haven't read one of those in about 20 years. That's awesome. They have good, clean jokes in there. <laughs> I, I subscribe simply when I have to make public speeches. I get some of my funny stuff out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I love peeling back your onion, man. There's, always, there's so many layers. It is so freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to the defense. That's obviously the stronger of the two units right now for the Texans. Um, they're giving up 26 points per game on this season. But like I said, Rick, they're playing much better lately in the last three games. They're giving up only 17 points per game, including 13 to the Titans in a win a couple of weeks ago. And just like the Colts, they've been feasting on takeaways to stay in these games. They have 20 takeaways for the year. That's fifth in the NFL but they have 11 takeaways on defense in the last three games, including five against Tennessee. Um, Jonathan Grenard having a really good season at defensive end. He's got eight sacks. Camus Grugier-Hill, he's a good player at linebacker. He's emerging. He's got seven tackles for loss on the year. And then Justin Reed, he's always a good player at safety, but um, he did not play last week because he violated team rules. He got into an argument with head coach David Coley in a team meeting last week, so he got sat down. So tell us more about the Texans on defense and what challenges they pose to this Colts offense in the second go-around here. Yeah, I absolutely slaughtered them when we got ready to play them the first time, and I was right. But mm -hmm. I will say that they have made some significant changes tactically, and some of their young kids are coming on a little bit. And I would say that the defense, though still not formidable, is definitely, if you look at their stats, they're almost all on an upward trajectory. Yeah. okay? If you look at their pass defense, you know, they've gone from like 27th to 15th. You know, in sacks, they've gone from 18 to 15. And a lot of those have been in the last month. And so, you know, and, and as you said, you know, they're kind of a poor man's Colts. It's the, it's the same system, basically, that plays with a lot of vision. So the 20 turnovers you know, really is has them at one of the top teams in the league. It's their survival mechanism, you know, very much uh, like the Colts are. So, you know, it's going to, you're going to have to earn separation. Uh, you're going to have to earn your yardage. It's not, I don't believe, I don't believe it'll come as easy uh, as it did. And I hope it does, you know, that would be great, but they've made some, some strategic, you know, changes. As I said before, they're playing their cover two a lot harder now with tight jams on the outside and they're starting to match people underneath. They're not just running out of there to spots and that's made them tougher. A lot of uh, quarters and, and, and quarter, quarter, half, you know, which uh, also they match underneath and then just some more man to man, one hole. And so what that's done is it's just made it harder for you to work in there and it's bought a little bit of time. I always say that nobody understands what I say, but a lot of times, if you close the passing lanes quick and you make the quarterback hold it a little bit, that gives your rush that extra step. Sometimes it's just a millisecond, but it really matters. And, you know, when you look at them, though, it's still to the core. A lot of cover three, a lot of single high on early down with pressures from the nickel 
or their safety. You know, and then on you know on second and long, it was pressure, cover two, cover one, and again the twenty takeaways is significant, and also the sack total up recently is is extremely good. Now I think you know they're very basic up front, other than some perimeter blitzes, they're in over almost every down, and they are still, in my opinion, they're really average to below average inside. I I still think that they're really, you can pound right at them, pound at Cunningham. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt that you can get after this team. You know, we had that huge game, uh, you know, rushing. I mean, Jonathan had the big run, uh, you know, but he had, a, he had a monster game. We had a monster game totally against them uh, in, the, in the first game. And, and, and I think that can happen again. I think you pound the bubble and then you expect them to stunt to stop it very much like the Colts do, and that's why the Colts get beat on the edge so much. They're always bringing their ends down inside, and teams simply take the bubble run and bounce it to the edge. And we've got to be ready to do that because that's their method of stopping it. You're exactly right, Gruger Hill. He has been really a playmaker. He's got strips, sacks, picks, passes defended. Murray, you're right, you know, Reed did not play, but Murray's also been a playmaker. Um, Mitchell. Two interceptions, uh, number 25, he's their one corner. Uh, obviously, two picks versus the Titans. I think Thomas is solid at the nickel. Their biggest weakness in the coverage element is their corner, their two-corner, Mitchell, number 39. And they, they really tried to play Lonnie Johnson. He had been at safety. They've kind of moved him back to corner, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make that change before we play him. There's no real ambient front guys play after play. But you've aptly said, Greenert, absolutely uh, really having a good young career with eight sacks. And Martin looked very good last week off the edge, off the right edge. So they've got two, I think, legitimate edge guys. Blaylock and Collins, they don't play consistently. But if they get some momentum, they, they, can, they can get after you. It, again, uh, Greenert, Martin, Grugier, Hill, and King – uh, and Murray are the guys that really beat you. Again, we can pound them in the bubble. I think we can read their coverage, even though they've improved it. You can look almost on the first step. Their safeties will tell you what they're in, whether they're in two, four, or some form of three or man. I mean, you can, you can, you know, they're very predictable on the first step. Again, if you also give them some slots or some speeds, get your wide receivers over. Lovey will he'll bring his corners over if it's man to man if it's zone they'll stay home so you can get a lot of things I still think they're a soft front team and I don't think that's changed and I think overall they're a poor grab tackling team I I think big plays will be there and I always say when you play a team like this you know think think touchdowns not first downs. Rick Venturi right there. Matt Taylor on Colts Happy Hour. The Farm Credit Union Question of the Week. Jonathan Taylor currently leads the NFL with 16 total touchdowns this season. His touchdowns total uh, of 2021 ranks fourth all time in the single season in Colts history. 20 is the franchise record. Who holds that record? I'll tell you that coming up on the other side. And we're brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Almost the play of the year. But he was tackled. 
It was a big moment in a game that people thought was lost on Sunday at that moment, but Isaiah Rogers with that big play. didn't result into anything, but it was a kickoff return that did put a little bit of life at that time into the Colts of the fan base. Isaiah Rogers is going to join us coming up on the other side with J.J. Stankovitz with a conversation with the second-year cornerback in that secondary of the Colts. That and more, this is Colts Happy Hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. FanDuel Sportsbook brings us to you on this Colts Happy Hour. The Forum Credit Union question of the week, Jonathan Taylor currently leads the NFL 16 total touchdowns this year. His TD total 2021 ranks right now fourth all-time single season in Colts history. 20 is the franchise record. Who holds that record? That record is held by Lenny Moore, the great Lenny Moore of Baltimore Colts fame. 20 total TDs back in the final season in which the I believe by 65, the Andy Griffith Show went to the color format and complete. Question of the week. Uh, fan forum section, Colts.com. Check it out. You can have Colts conversations and more with Forum Credit Union. Forum Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. Remember, bottom of the hour, Pacer pregame, Pacers heat tonight. Gamebridge Fieldhouse, 6.30 pre-7P is the tip time this evening. Meantime, J.J. Stankovitz has time to sit down and talk with cornerback Isaiah Rogers about a variety of things leading up to Sunday's matchup in Houston. J.J. Isaiah, you're a Tampa kid, so you get any extra love from uh, back home after picking off Tom Brady there? Most definitely. I got a, a lot more love than I thought I would, you know, from people I haven't talked to in years. You know, that was a compliment back home. You know, a lot of guys that I grew up with were diehard Tampa Bay Bucks fans, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, wanted something like that to happen, you know, for the city, and it did, so I thought it was huge. Take, take us through that interception. I mean, it's a deep ball down the sideline. You're tracking it. You're able to kind of flip your hips, kind of like you're playing center field for the Tampa Bay Rays. And, <laughs> and, and you know, to, to come down with that ball, you, I know you've said you like having the ball in your hands, but, man, I mean, just take us through that, that interception. Uh, I just, you know, when I lined up, uh, Kenny, you know, he reached back out to me, you know, with the defense and told me, you know, Scotty Miller's at one, so stay high. So I just, you know, respected Scotty's speed. You know, he's one of the top guys in the league, you know, so I stayed as high as I could, and once I seen the ball in the air, you know, at the time, it's, we're both receivers, so I knew I had to go get it, and, and I did, so it was huge. Matt, Matt Eberflus has said that your, your growth with some of the assignments, you know, the, the various things you have to do, whether it's press, whether it's off coverage, or that you're playing cover two, cover three, whatever it may be, that you've really grown in that area. Is that one of those examples on that play? Uh, most definitely. I know when I first got here, you know, he, he preached a lot to me about changing a lot of different techniques. And that was one, you know, from playing off and being able to actually stay on top and not jump on, you know, routes. Because a guy like Scotty, you never know he's going to run. So I think just really just harping in on, you know, the techniques that he taught me, you know, it played an effect that play. You, you've guarded some of the best receivers in the NFL, whether it's been, you know, Stephon Diggs or Robert Woods this year. And you've had quite a bit of success. Quarterbacks only have a 65, 65.7 passer rating when they're throwing your way this year what also has kind of gone into the success you've had in year two uh, just coming in every game locked in you know and just studying throughout the week and 
with the guys around me, just making sure I'm, you know, I'm locked in on my keys and everything. Even before I go out on the field, in the rotation that we have is just, you know, they tell me, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. So you know, I listen to the guys around me because you know everyone around me are vets to me. So you know, I just listen to them and just play the game. So yeah, how much of a resource has a guy like Xavier Rhodes or Kenny Moore the second been to you this year? Uh, Xavier Rhodes is a lot because I was a Florida State fan growing up, so I watched him growing up, and he's from Florida as well. So you know, being able to play with him, you know, is a huge accomplishment in my life. And coming in with Kenny, you know, I was a nickel last year, so me and him got close. And he's just a you know ball hog. He loves tackling. He's just a dog. You know, so I just you know love playing with him. Do, do you think people understand what the kind of work you have to put in to guard not just you know a Scotty Miller on a play, but you know to to know your assignment to know the different ways that receivers will have their releases at the line because you're guarding, you're not following guys. I mean, you're guarding whoever is right there in front of you in a game. I really just think it's all about film. You know, you'll know exactly what the guy's going to do if you study study enough. And a lot of guys, you know, take what they did last game or the game before into the next one. So, you know, you know everyone's, you know, strength and weaknesses going into the game. So I think it's all about how you prepare yourself throughout the weekend. It should make the game a lot easier. All right, now you told us back on Monday that 20 seconds to go in the game, Frank Reich, Bubba Ventrone come up to you and they say, hey, take this one back. Get us a touchdown. It was crazy. You know, he looked at me. Frank looked at me and said, it's time. Like, let's go score. And Bubba said, bring it out regardless. He's bringing it out regardless. Like, go score. And, and that's what everyone, you know, motto was when we walked on the field. We said, to the house on three. And that's what it was. And, and you know, we didn't accomplish it at the time. But, you know, it was big to know that they had that faith in not only just me, but in the unit to actually get the key blocks and actually trust me with the ball in my hands. I mean, you, you came so close there. And when that first crease hit, are you thinking, like, this is it? Just, like, turn on the Jets? What's going through your mind there? Uh, just, just getting to the end zone. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, how much this game is about to change once I get to the end zone, and, and just knowing that, you know, the guys trust me with the ball in my hands at the time. So I know once I got through the first crease, it was all about just trying to beat the guy to the end zone. So, so with with this defense, though, I mean, you, you guys have you lead the NFL in takeaways, twenty seven. The mentality that you guys have set, it it, it started before this year, right? And to to you know come into this year shooting for forty takeaways to be now on pace to lead the NFL in takeaways. How has that mentality kind of been the fuel for all those turnovers you guys have got this year? Uh, it started with practice, you know, with everyone in our room competing. Like, I bet I get an interception for you. And, you know, it all started with just competing throughout camp. And then we all just started getting them and getting them, just adding up. And I think everyone, you know, we have a chart to see who get the most turnovers. So everyone's goal is just to get the ball, you know, get it back to the offense. So if we all had that same mentality. We're finding a way to get the ball from the offense. So. Pretty, it's a pretty good competitive thing on on our side. So. And now I know Coach Eberflus has those ball hawk T-shirts. Yeah. Um, what uh, what colors you got? You got two picks this year. Uh, I got a blue one and a gray one. He he varies the colors. I think if you score, you get a red one. So EJ Speed got a red one from the block plant. So, you know everyone's goal is to get a red one right now. And I mean, it seems like a lot of a lot of you and your teammates have. Uh, Quite a few of those. Yeah, definitely. Darius has the whole collection right now, so he's going crazy right now. He's got, but does he? He doesn't have a red one this year. Nah, he doesn't have a red one. Got to get a red one. He has a lot. And you should have a red one, by the way. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, but I probably would have gave it to Darius. Just not my (laughs) size, though. But definitely should have gave it to Darius. JJ, that was Dynamite. Your interview with Isaiah Rogers of the Colts, the Colts Audio Network. It does include the Colts official podcast, radio shows press conferences and player interviews and it's available on iTunes, Spotify and anywhere else the download podcast can occur listen to exclusive Colts content on demand and stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule. Yeah, 
Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment count. We'll come back and uh, close it up here from the legendary Slippery Noodle and get you set for the Pacers. There was a little info. I don't know if I'm going to upcut our good friend Pat Boylan, a part of the Pacers radio network, with what Rick Carlisle talked about earlier today regarding the health of one T.J. Warren. You know what? I may let Pat break it to you coming up here in the pregame show. 7P tip time for the Heat and the Pacers tonight. 6.30 pregame coverage begins. That is after us right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Caesar Sportsbook. Your app is ready, Emperor. Download it and get your first bet up to $1,001 matched. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Cappy, 10 seconds. What we got going on at the Noodle? This weekend, live music all weekend. We got the Y Store, Jay Stulo, Jay Stulo, and Zach Day. Let's come down and party. Looking forward to seeing you all. Love you, brother. Pacers are next. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the call.